over the course of the past week as news continued to come out of France, well, you could find a wide variety of reactions as you watch the news. There was hatred and there was anger. And yet, somehow, even with the panic, even with the despair, somehow there were, there were those who were thankful. There were those who were expressing thanksgiving. There were families that were thankful that they were safe and that their loved ones were safe. I saw one post where someone was thankful for, for social media. They were thankful for Facebook. <laughs> because at the very least, it, it kept them connected with those who they were worried about and kept them informed. And others were thankful that they were far away from the attacks. And it always amazes me how some people will look at the very worst. They will believe the worst. They will invent the worst. And others will look for something to be thankful for. Something, some hope to hold on to. And I know which crowd I want to be in. I know which group I want to be a part of. But I also know that I have tendencies towards despair. I have tendencies to to think the worst. And it's not always easy to be a thankful person, but it's always the right thing and it's something that God calls us to over and over again. We're going to look at Psalm 138 today. If you're using the Bibles in the pews in front of you, it's page 521. Any Bible you've got, the Psalm is pretty much right in the middle of your Bible. You're going to find the the book of Psalms. Psalm 138 is a psalm of David, and it is a psalm of giving thanks. David gives us the hows and the whys of giving thanks in this psalm. Last year, about right out about a year ago to this day, um, Forbes magazine published an article titled, Seven Scientifically Proven Benefits of Gratitude. Seven Scientifically Proven Benefits that you will receive if you are a thankful person. The first benefit was that being thankful, having gratitude, being thankful opens the door for more relationships. In other words, scientists proved that if you are a thankful person, people will want to hang around you. They will want to be your friend if you are a thankful person. It took a scientific study to determine that. That's incredible. Being thankful also improves our physical health as well as our psychological health. Good news for some of us there. Being thankful enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Thankful people sleep better. In fact, one study showed that if you spend about 15 minutes every night before you go to bed, just writing down the things that you are thankful for, just 15 minutes, you will sleep deeper, you will sleep more sound, you will sleep longer because you do that. It improves self-esteem. In other words, you feel better about yourself when you are thankful. And gratitude increases mental strength. You will have less stress. You'll be more able to cope with difficulties when they come if you are thankful. Now, after all those scientific studies, let's look at what God says in Psalm 138. Did we need a scientific study to tell us of the benefits of being thankful. David says in verse 1, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name 
for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things in your name, your name and your word. <coughs> On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, He regards the lowly, but the haughty He knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, You preserve my life. You stretch out Your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and Your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of Your hands. My guess is that there are more than just seven benefits to being thankful. And this psalm shows us that gratitude to God continues to build. It continues to overflow. And what it really shows us is that an attitude of thankfulness draws us to trust God all the more. With all the struggles that we can face in this life, that is so important. We need to be thankful. Because there's no better place to put our trust than in God Himself. And so in this psalm, what we see here is that this psalm begins with our willingness to submit to God with thanksgiving. I love how David doesn't hold anything back from God. He starts out and he says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. There's not some part of David's life, there's not some little dark shadow or dark corner of his life that he's holding back from God. Not, not something that he's just keeping to himself or reserving for someone else. He turns it all over to God. He gives him thanks, just as we should. And he says, I bow down towards your holy temple. David submits his life to God and to God alone. And it's not like there aren't forces out there that are competing for our attention. And you know, David acknowledges that. He says, before the gods, before the gods, I sing your praise. There's a touch of sarcasm in that. Because David knows, just like we do, that there are no other gods. But there are things in our lives that compete for our devotion. There are things that hold our attention. There is money. There is power. There are possessions. There are things of this world that too often become gods to us. They draw us. They draw our heart, whether completely or just in part, away from God. But the problem is they're just things. They're inanimate. They, they have no life to themselves. They are, they are lifeless. With no power, with no authority over our lives, with no purpose, and with no promise. And so he says in verse 3, On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. You can't say that about the things of your life. You can't say that about the things that hold your attention, the things that try to draw your, draw your hope away from God, the things that, that, that want you to trust in them. They can't say that. My strength of soul, you increase. That's the promise that only comes from God. Those seven benefits of gratitude. Number seven was increased mental strength. And the study said that gratitude was a major contributor to resilience following the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001. 
Something happens when we're grateful. Something happens when we're thankful. We're able to handle difficulty better. And we're able to be thankful for so much more. And that's not just for you and me. That's for all of us. And so David moves on in this psalm, and he shows us that thanksgiving ought to be central to to all of our lives. Look at verses 4 and 5. He says, All the kings, all the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord. For they heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. All the kings? All of those in power? You know, there, are, there are those who don't. There are those who don't give thanks to God. There are those who don't bow down, bow down to Him. There are those who don't acknowledge Him. But David is looking ahead to a day when everyone will acknowledge God. Everyone will acknowledge His presence, His existence, and, and even His goodness. Thanksgiving is something we should universally see. And, I, and I'm not saying that that's always easy. But it's always possible. And it's always for the best. This past week, a lot of you get my emails that I send out on Tuesdays and Fridays. If you're not on that list, please let me know. I'd love to get you on that list to receive those emails on Tuesdays and Fridays. And this past week, I sent out a question. I asked you for a response, and and several of you gave me your responses. My question was, what have you been thankful for this year that you weren't thankful for last year. Because things happen, and and things take us by surprise. And we always have those lists of things that we're always thankful for. Well, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful for my home. I'm thankful for this and for that. But there's always things that happen every year that take us by surprise. What were you thankful for this year that you weren't thankful for last year, that you didn't anticipate, that you didn't prepare for, but you were thankful anyway? And I got some great responses. You know, Paul and Joy shared that <clears throat> Mike has, uh, has moved down to Georgia. And that's, that's got to be tough, having a son that far away, you know, and moved down there for his job. And yet, Paul and Joy said, my new thankfulness is Mike telling me that his new job is fun. <laughs> After 15 years of saying that his old job was okay, he's now saying that his job is fun. And that makes having him that far away a little easier. Teresa Twig. I love Teresa and Tom. I really, really do. Anytime I ask for one thing, Teresa will give me far more than just one thing. And I asked for one thing to be thankful for. Teresa gave me 11. And the only reason she gave me 11 was December's not here yet. and She doesn't know what she'll be thankful for next month. But in January, she said, though we were not ready to let him go, I am thankful that my dad suffers no more, that he is whole again and at peace watching over me from the right hand of Jesus. And then I thought I would also share her Thanksgiving from April. In April, I married the love of my life and was able to have a beautiful wedding ceremony at Kansas Christian Church ministered by a man who loves Christ as well as Tom and I and who helped, helped make the day perfect. Kim Downs said, I am thankful for my church family. Church family's grown a little bit, hasn't it? I'm thankful for my church family. This last year, it was very apparent that I needed them more than ever, and they certainly have not disappointed me. Hannah Brimner said she was thankful for a smooth transition from high school to college and the new family I have at Lincoln Christian University. Diana Eckerd 
said, I have learned from the death of my sister that life can change in an instant. I am thankful for being able to tell my family how much I love them. I am thankful for I am thankful for I have lo- a loving God and a church to see me through the rough times in my life. Alana shared with me, I'm really, I really struggled with not being accepted into the nursing program, and so it was hard to be thankful for school and for my teachers. However, like always, like always, God had a plan. Because I did not get into the nursing school, I am now engaged to be married to a wonderful man that God has blessed me with. I could not be more thankful for God's plan. What I loved about all of these stories is that nearly every story that you shared with me could have been a story of disappointment, except for Hannah's. They all could have been stories of disappointments. They all could have been stories of heartbreaking, a heartbreaking situation and, and stories of heartaches. But instead of allowing your heart to be broken, instead you chose to trust God. You chose Thanksgiving, and that has been a wonderful change for you this year. But what about next year? What about the struggles that you're going to face next year? What about the new challenges? When those come, because you chose Thanksgiving this year, how much more will you be thankful with those new challenges? How much more will you be able to trust God with those? Not everyone acknowledges God. Not everyone is able to be thankful. That's just the way some people are. But David recognized this as well. He says in verse 6, For though the Lord is high, He regards the lowly. For though the Lord is high, He regards the lowly, but the haughty, that is the, the proud, He knows from afar. There are those who will never willingly bow their knee before God. There are those who will never humble themselves in His presence and instead will hold on to their pride. And what the psalm tells us is there's no promise of God's presence. There's no promise of God's presence for the prideful. There's no promise of God's presence for those that that will not humble themselves before Him. Next month we're going to look at Luke chapter 1 as we get ready for Christmas. So we're going to look at Mary's song there in Luke chapter 1. And, and in Luke 1, verse 52, in Mary's song, she says, He has brought down the mighty. That is, the Lord has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. There's no promise in pride. There's no hope in that haughty attitude. But in gratitude and thanksgiving, there is the promise of God's presence. And with that in mind, David shows us the certainty of thanksgiving. The psalm, you know, this psalm could have easily ended with kind of a sigh of resignation. David could have ended this psalm and said, well, your will be done, I guess. (laughs) You know what? Whatever you're going to do, God, you're going to do, and your will be done, I guess. But he doesn't. He ends with confidence. He ends with an assurance that God will see him through anything. You look at verse 7. He says, though I walk in the midst of trouble. That sounds a little familiar to us, doesn't it? Though I walk in the midst of trouble. Kind of sounds like Psalm 23. Though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death. Here he says, though I walk in the midst of trouble. Troubles are going to come. Devotion to God does not insulate us from pain. But pain does not mean that God is not there. He says in verse 7, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. 
and your right hand delivers me. Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. I love that statement in verse 8. I have read it over and over again this week. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Thursday morning, I, I read that statement to Susie Matthews. And I said, Susie, that trumps everything. And she said, read that to me again. And so I read it to her again and again. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. That trumps everything. That goes on top. There is nothing that gets in the way of that statement. No diagnosis from a doctor can get in the way of that statement. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Cancer cannot stop that statement. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. No loss of a job, no loss of a relationship, no change in your family can change the truth of that statement. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. That trumps all of it. Everything. No crippling depression. No anxiety. No panic. Nothing can stand in God's way. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Can we all say it together? Say it with me. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. One more time, right? The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. The miserable cold that you have today, or that you'll get after being here, (laughs) with all of us that have had miserable colds, it doesn't change the fact that the Lord will fulfill His purpose for you. That cannot be changed. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. That's you. That's me. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Now, that's not always going to be easy to remember. I mean, that's a nice little statement. It's not always going to be easy to remember. There's going to be times when you're going to forget. And that's where thankfulness comes in. That's where thanksgiving comes in when we acknowledge God's goodness, when we acknowledge His presence. Verse 3, if you go back to verse 3, verse 3 says, On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. As you give Him thanks, as you give thanks to Him, He will increase your strength. He will give you an increase to your strength of soul. So this week, of all weeks, Thanksgiving week, I have an assignment for you. You have homework. And you may want to write this down. Yeah, take notes. You may want to write this down because this is important and you will be graded on it later. Okay? It's important homework. I want you to do something. I want to challenge you to do something this week. Every prayer you pray this week, every prayer that you pray this week, whether it's a prayer before your meal, whether it's a prayer before bedtime, whether it's a prayer first thing in the morning, whether it's a prayer, 
Whether it's a prayer you pray at this table a little later today, or uh, any other prayer that we pray today, every prayer you pray this week, I want you to begin that prayer with these words. Thank you, Jesus. Just start your prayer with those words. Thank you, Jesus. Make gratitude your first response to God. Make gratitude your first petition. Before you say, Lord, I've screwed up and I need you to fix this. Before you say, Lord, I need out of this situation. Before you say, Lord, my kids are driving me crazy. I want you to say, thank you, Jesus. Let that be the first thing you offer God. You know, that's why we come to this table. To say, thank you, Jesus. We come to this table to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that my sin, that my sin was not the final chapter in the story of my life. Thank you that for all the things that I can't do, all those things that I can't do, all those things that I haven't done, all those things that, that I just can't do, those cannot keep me from Your love. Thank You that more than anything else that can draw my attention away from You, that I can know forgiveness, I can know Your love, and that I can know You. Let's stand together.